What's up, everybody? How's it going? Good? Yeah, I don't sound very excited. I'm going to ask again. Let's start over. Okay, hold on. Hey, good morning, everybody. How's it going? Yeah, awesome. Just edit out that first part. It's okay. Um, all right, so before we start, uh, I have a confession to make, and I hope it doesn't disqualify me, and I hope that I don't have to leave today. So everybody knows that it's, what's today? Super Bowl Sunday. All right. My confession, you guys, is I don't really care. Um, I don't even know who's playing. Um, so if that disqualifies me, God forgive me. Um, I hope you guys will forgive me, and I hope that doesn't ruin the rest of the whole thing, and you don't listen to anything else I say. But I just had to get it off my chest because it was weighing heavy on my heart. Um, no, it's cool. You know, you guys are into football. Whoever is into football, I'm into surfing. A lot of you don't care about surfing, so it's cool. Everybody's got their thing. That's all right. Um, so this morning, we're going to talk about... Uh, let's pray first. I need to pray. All right. Lord God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you that... Uh, that you love us, God. I thank you that you pursue us. Uh, like that song said, God, you're, you're running after us. Uh, you're running after me. You're running after everybody in this room, God. Um, God, I pray that we can, uh, we can stop running away from you. Uh, God, that we can come to you. We can run towards you. Um, God, that we can uh, run towards you with arms open for everything that you have for us and receive everything that you have for us. God, help us to just lay everything down at your feet this morning. And, uh, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to talk about something this morning. The title of the message is, uh, Bobby's been talking about, we're going through the Bible, right? Uh, so in the beginning, we're going through uh, the Old Testament from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Um, and so in the beginning, you know, God spoke. And so the titles of the messages have been God said it. And so today, this morning, is God said it, consecration. We're going to read Numbers uh, 6, 1 through 8. And what that's going to be talking about is is the Nazarite vow, the vow of a Nazarene. Um, if anybody doesn't know that, I didn't really, I mean, I heard of it before, and I, I hadn't really studied it. I listened to a bunch of messages, tried to read it. I was in the car yesterday driving four hours. I listened to a bunch of podcasts, and some of them, to be honest, half of them made me want to fall asleep, but I was driving, so I had to stay awake. Um, but I don't know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting ordeal, and we're going to read through it, and then we'll talk about it. Um, So let's read it. Uh, Number six, verse one. The Lord instructed Moses, speak to the Israelites and tell them, when a man or woman makes a special vow, a Nazarite vow, to consecrate himself to the Lord, he is to abstain from wine and beer. He must not drink vinegar made from wine or from beer. He must not drink any grape juice or eat fresh grapes or raisins. He is not to eat anything produced by the grapevine from seeds to skin during the period of his consecration. You must not cut his hair throughout the time of his vow of consecration. He may be holy until the time is completed during which he consecrates himself to the Lord. He is to let his hair of his head grow long. He must not go near a dead body during the time that he consecrates himself to the Lord. He is not to defile himself for his father or mother or his brother or sister when they die while the mark of consecration on his head. Um, of God is on his head. He is to be, he, 
is holy to the Lord during the time of his consecration. Um, so if any of you guys are like me, uh, big words like consecration may not exactly know what that means, right? So I have to look a lot of stuff up. So consecration, more or less, is the declaration to make something sacred. It's a declaration that, that this thing is like, if I, sec- if I consecrate this water bottle, I'm going to declare that this is sacred, it's set apart, um, it's to formally dedicate to a divine purpose. You know, I, I, I guess I could uh, make it divine and sprinkle it on somebody, but if that offended you, I'm sorry. Um, but um, so that's what consecration means. And so hopefully uh, what we're going to do and accomplish here is by the end of this message, uh, everybody will stop combing and brushing their hair and in a month, everybody's going to have dreadlocks. Is everybody up for that? No. Okay. So, um, so kind of what this, this whole deal was is that there was a, it, was, it, it was interesting. So if you read the Old Testament, it talks a lot about how to make yourself holy, how to make yourself presentable to be able to go into the presence of God. And that was primarily only allowed for by the, by the high priests uh, or, or just the, you know, the, the priesthood. It, it would just any normal regular Joe Schmo, um, you know, wasn't really able to go into the presence of God. Uh, and so, a cool thing that I read while in my exhaustive study of the Nazarite vow, um, <laughs> it, I thought it was cool because the Nazarite vow was kind of like a thing to like let normal people dedicate themselves uh, to to go through this ritual to then at the end do a sacrifice to the Lord to be to be in the place of doing those sacrifices that the priests were only allowed to do. And I was like, man, that's kind of cool. It's like, you know, it's like the every man's, every man's sacrifice or whatever. Um, and so, <clears throat> so the point of it is to offer holiness. The whole point of the Nazarite vow is to offer yourself holy, um, as holy. And the Bible in the New Testament, or in the, in the Old Testament, actually throughout the whole Bible, God is constantly reminding his people um, to be holy because he is holy. He'll constantly tell them, I am the Lord your God, be holy, for I am holy. It's not just in one place, it's in many places. Um, and the word Nazarite stems from a word Nazar, um, and Nazar is Hebrew and it means to separate. So not to separate as, as in the sense of like pulling something apart and separating it, but separating as, 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 as far as setting it aside to keep it separate from the other things, right? Um, and so since Adam and Eve, God has called his people to be separate from the rest of the world. Uh, one of the most crazy, gnarly things that I can think of that God did for his people or, or uh, kind of... Um, gave a declaration to his people to separate themselves was circumcision. Uh, if anybody has to explain what circumcision is to a child later, I'm sorry, but you're welcome. Um, so anyways, like when Abraham, Abraham was an adult. He was a, he was a, he was a grown man, you know, uh, probably older than I was. I, I am. I don't know. But he was an adult. He was a man when God told him to circumcise himself and for all the Israelites, all the all of those people to circumcise themselves, right? So 
I, in my brain, what makes me think of is like, all right, well, there's this dude, Abraham, you know, he, he talks to God, he's close to God, he tells us, you know, what God wants for our, us as a people, and all this kind of stuff. And then Abraham comes up, and he's like, so guys, guess what we got to do? My first thought in my brain was like, yep, I'm out. See you guys. Have fun. You know? And, uh, and, and like after that, you know, they went into Egypt and all that kind of stuff. They came out of Egypt and through the time, you know, they kept that, that, uh, that covenant with God with circumcision while they were in Egypt. But when they came out of Egypt and they went through the wilderness, you know, there was that time period where they were wandering around in the desert. Well, and then you get to Joshua and the book in the and uh, Jericho. Everybody remember the walls of Jericho. So before they they smashed down the walls of Jericho, between that time of leaving Egypt and whatever, like nobody had been circumcised. And so before they're going into battle, God <laughs> tells them all the men to get circumcised. And so they, they get circumcised, and then it's like, yeah, that, I'm ready for battle now. But <laughs> it's I don't know. It's just it, it I it it sounds crazy to me. Um, but what it, what it makes me think of is, is, is even how crazy that sounds, God's worthy. And so for, for a man, that's like the craziest thing you could probably think of to do for yourself to honor God. And like, if you're willing to do that, man, you're willing to do anything. Um, so we're going to move on from circumcision now. Um, but I don't know, that's just what came in my brain, and I'm sorry, but that's, that's how it goes. So to separate yourself, we, we've been called to separate ourselves, okay? And we've been called to separate ourselves in a very serious way. It's not just this, this lackadaisical, you know, just this little, like, I'm just going to separate myself, and I'm going to, you know, use nice words, and I'm going to go to church on Sundays and all that kind of stuff. That's not, that's not the gist of it. And so what I'm hoping that we can do this morning is we can take these verses, this Nazarite vow, the Old Testament, and these principles of the Old Testament and see how they're reflected and how God, it's never lost. When, when you go from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament, I think sometimes the temptation can be, well, the Old Testament's Old Testament, it's separate from the New Testament, it's a different God and all this kind of stuff, but it's not. Uh, it's not at all. And so how can we relate this teaching of the Old Testament and numbers of the Nazarite vow, what it means, what the purpose of it was to uh, a more modern New Testament type teaching. Um, and so the Nazarite vow, uh, one, one of the purposes of it was to pursue uh, holiness. It was to pursue holiness. Um, the Nazarite was to take this vow and they were to, they were to purify themselves and to be set apart and be holy so that they could do that time period to eventually uh, bring sacrifices to end his to end his consecration and present you know a, um, an offering of an animal sacrifice and then he'd cut his hair and he'd put that on the and he'd burn it all um, and and it was it was it was a physical representation of 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 that dedication to God. Um, and to, and to pursue that holiness. And the New Testament is full of talking about pursuing holiness. And one in particular is 1 Peter uh, 1, 13 through 16. 
Uh, you can just write that down if you want to look at it later, but I'll read it. So therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. That's a, that's, that's a key verse right there. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. All right, so there you go. There's one thing from Old Testament, the, the, the calling to be holy because I am holy, it runs all the way through and then it ends up being in First Peter. So it didn't get lost at all. God has always called his people to be holy because I am holy. And pursuing holiness, I mean, let's be honest, it's, it's hard, right? It's hard. Um, there's a lot of temptations in the world. Uh, it wouldn't be tempting if it wasn't shiny or fun or, or pleasurable. Um, and so sometimes following God and pursuing holiness, pursuing God, seems like you're missing out on a lot of things, right? If we're going to be honest with ourselves. Um, however, uh, that's not the truth of it. That's the lie that, that Satan wants you to think. That's the lie that the enemy wants you to think, that if you don't do these things, or if you pursue the world and pursue money and pursue fame and pursue whatever, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank, to be the best football player in the world, um, then you can't be happy and you can't be full of joy and you can't have, you know, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but the gospel, the Bible, speaks that if you pursue God and you pursue holiness, then you'll have all those things. You'll have joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. I'm missing something. But anyways, you, you guys get what I'm saying, right? You'll have everything that you need. Um, when you have joy, there's a, there's a, a particular part and and where Jesus is preaching and he tells his disciples something at the end of it. He says, I tell you this so that your joy may be full and your joy may be complete. That's cool. That's a super, super cool thing. What that means is that that teaching that he was teaching them basically was like, draw close to me and you'll have everything that you need. But um, when, you, when, you have, when you're full of joy, it doesn't matter when your circumstances on the outside look, look grim or look bad or look whatever. When you're joyful in those, the joy, you got everything that you need, right? Amen. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> um, so, so the Nazarites pursued the holiness through their dedication, through their giving up of the wine, through their not cutting their hair. Um, I also thought it was interesting that uh, the Nazarite vow wasn't for like a specific time frame. It was, it was, it almost seemed like it was left up to the person to say, God, I'm going to dedicate myself to you for, for a period of time. Uh, some people did it for a lifetime. Some people did it for, what I read was, it, it could be from, from one day to a lifetime. Um, and then people will say that in the New Testament days, it was, it was typical for a 30-day time period. Um, but, you know, thinking of, Stories like Samson. Samson was had had the Nazarite vow. God, uh, uh, it was spoken to uh, Samson's mother that she would dedicate him to the Lord as a Nazarite and wouldn't cut his hair. Um, and after reading more on what the Nazarite vow was, you weren't even supposed to comb your hair. Like you couldn't, you couldn't comb your hair. 
So what that means is dude had a lot of dreadlocks. And, you know, in a lot of those movies and old movies and stuff you see uh, of Samson, you know, he's got like this beautiful, long, flowing hair. Like that hair, that hair was probably pretty nasty. Um, probably. Uh, but anyways, so, and then at the end of it, you cut it off. But, I mean, just, I don't know, it's, it's just this crazy thing to, I guess we have it in our, in our modern times. Does anybody give up anything for Lent? you know, the period of Lent. Does anybody do that? You know, for that month, you give something up. You raise your hand so I don't feel like I'm talking crazy. Okay, so somebody does. At least one person does. So there's a period of Lent. My 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 dad always did something for Lent. I, I don't think I've ever had a period of time where like, okay, for Lent, I'm going to do this. You know, before my dad would be like, I'm going to give up chocolate and I'm going to give up this and whatever. Um, but <clears throat> it's, I think it kind of serves the same purpose. You're You're, you're giving up something for the Lord. Um, but the Bible in the New Testament teaches us to do that. And, uh, and, and I hope that we can do that for ourselves because it, it's, it's kind of a commandment. Uh, we're supposed to give ourselves to the Lord. Romans 12, 1 through 2 talks about that. And I'm sure you guys have heard this verse before. If you haven't, um, write it down and read it and read Romans. Romans is awesome. Uh, Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. I like that there. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I like that part too. A couple of things come to mind when I read something like that about present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Um, we can get up, we can, we, can, we can come here on Sundays, we can sing songs, you know, we can, we can worship him by song. Um, but I, I like how it, how, it, how it says, I urge you. It's not like, it is, it is kind of a commandment, but it's, it's just like, guys, you're, this is not all that worship is. It's not just singing. It's not just uh, tithing. It's not just this. It says, I urge you, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true worship. You truly worship God. We can only truly, wholeheartedly, fully worship God when we offer our whole bodies as a living sacrifice. Not just a part of it, not just our voice. <sighs> not just our hands when we're doing service, but our whole bodies, our whole bodies as a living sacrifice. Do not be conformed to this age. So what it, what it transitions into is, okay, well, how do we offer our bodies a living sacrifice? We don't be conformed by this age. We don't do the things that all the people that aren't concerned with following the Bible do. You know, We can make a huge long list of them. Uh, in the Old Testament, with God setting his people apart, there were certain things that he he told them not to do, not to, things to do, not to do, to set themselves apart so they didn't look like the rest of the world. Well, that's also kind of a New Testament deal too. We were supposed to set ourselves apart so we don't look like the world, all right? And that can look like a bunch of different people, a bunch of different things for different people. Everybody's got their own struggles. Everybody's got their own temptations. Everybody's got their own thing going on. But we're not called to live with that 
baggage, with that sin, with that weight, with all those things that we know are separating us from God. Because that's what the Nazarite vow is. It is, it is a, it's a consecration. It's a declaration of that, God, I want to be close to you, and I'm going to do this so that I can be close to you, and I can declare my life to you. You know, I don't think it was just, so oh, I'm going to give you these 30 days or whatever, and then I'm going to go back to doing what I want to do. I would imagine that <clears throat> that 30 days or however long these guys did it, whether it was a lifetime or a week or whatever, that their life was never the same after that time. Because they spent that time so close to the Lord and declaring all these things. It even says that they can't defile themselves for, their, for the sake of their father, their mother, their brother, their sister. And those times you became ceremonially unclean if you touched a dead person or got near a dead person. That means if your father, mother, brother, or sister passed away, you couldn't be near them. I mean, that's, that's a heavy thought, you know what I mean? And I, it, I'm sure it happened. Um, so that's a big commitment, you know? How serious do we look at our commitment to the Lord? That's something you got to ask yourself. Like, is, is my commitment to the Lord a serious ordeal? But we've been talking about that in the, we, I don't know if it was last week or when it was, we just talked about all the different, the, the process of, of being able to go into the presence of the Lord and the things that you had to do. It was very detailed, very specific, and there's a lot to it. The building of the tent, the building of the holy place, the building of the ark, the building of all these things. Yes, it's detailed, and it might seem crazy, but... I think part of it, for me, God is telling me that it's important. Like, I am important. My, I am so important that, that this is how detailed it needs to be to show importance, right? Like, when something's important, you put a lot of time into it, right? You put a lot of time. You put a lot of effort. You know, uh, hopefully everybody's going to get their spouse something fabulous for uh, Valentine's Day. And hopefully you're going to put a lot of thought into it, right? Hopefully you're going to get a card and you're going to take the time to write something special. I'm giving you guys some pointers here, marital tips. I try to give at least one marital tip while I get to be up here, I'm trying to trying to help help my fellow man out. Um, hopefully you're going to get a card and you're going to take the time and you're going to write some some nice things out and it's going to be specific and it's going to you're going to show that you care, right? Um, for me, having to, to read all these details, God's, God's telling me that, that it's got to be detailed uh, to show how serious and to show how, how, how much you really mean it. Like, if you want to be a part, if you want to be with me, then let's make it serious. Let's make it a big ordeal, because it is a big ordeal. Um, and that's Old Testament. Then you go into the New Testament, and you guys, Jesus... God came down as, on earth, lived as a man, died on the cross for us. It's hard to think about because it's, it's many, many, many years later. We didn't physically see it. You didn't see it on the news and all that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, I think sometimes it's hard to, hard to picture in our brains, but it's true. It happened. That's serious, you guys. That's a serious, serious deal. And so what this is saying, therefore, brothers and sisters, in the, in the view of the mercies of God, I urge yourselves to present yourselves 
to present your bodies, I'm sorry, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Because Jesus died on the cross, we truly worship him and thank him and praise him by offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. Right? Coming to church on Sundays is awesome. You know, because we get to come here and we get to, we get to sing songs and we get to see friends and, you know, hopefully laugh some. Um, but that's not it, you guys. That's not, that's the, if that is our only time that we set aside for the Lord and we, and, and we offer ourselves to the Lord, there's so much more we can give. There's a whole lot more we can give. And I'm not just talking about sitting in your room and reading your Bible all day either, because that, that, that's not it either. There's so much more that we can do, and the, the only thing I can say is you just got to spend time with God, and God's going to tell you what to do. And if you're not doing that, you're missing out. Because living, living a life for the Lord is, it's amazing. Your joy will be full and your joy will be complete. And it's incredible. <clears throat> so, so that's the question. Where are you guys at right now with offering yourselves as a living sacrifice? Um, I would have to admit that I don't do it on a daily basis. There's days where I get busy. You know, stuff's going on at home, stuff's going on, you know, where else, and you forget about it, or, you know, I don't, I'm the first to admit I don't do it perfect every day. Um, but the point is, is are you, are, you, are you trying? Are you doing it? You know what I mean? Are you, are, in, in the times that you know that you fail, are you, are you offering sacrifices? Not, you know, I'm not talking about we're going to bring some calf up here and we're going to like slaughter them. Did, have you guys read what they did to offer a sacrifice? That was gruesome. It was gnarly. You know, we're not going to do that. Thank God we don't have to do that because this would be like, that would be a, a horror story. But, you know, all we have to do, and we don't even have to do this, but this is all we have to do. I have to do is say, God, forgive me. That's it. We don't have to go and get a, uh, I'm getting old. Uh, we don't have to go and get a year-old calf or, you know, roam around our flock and try and find the male without spot or blemish and do all these things. We don't have to do all those things. All we have to do is offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. It sounds hard, but it's, it's really not. Um, I've been married for 13 years. I'm getting pretty good at being obedient and do what I'm told. <laughs> I don't do it perfect, but I try. <laughs> um, but I want to challenge you guys. I want to challenge myself. Like it's, it's a challenge to myself every day to be obedient to God. And I want it to be a challenge for you guys. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus said, for, if you want to follow me, you got to pick up your cross and follow me daily. It's a daily thing. It's not just a Sunday thing. We don't get to pick up our cross, carry it to church, and then leave it here at the pew and then come check it out next Sunday. It's a daily thing. So are we doing it daily? And if you have no clue what I'm talking about and you don't know Jesus, then that's, that's the biggest need that you have for yourself today right now. You know, you might have, everybody in here has got problems, whether it be financial, physical, mental, whatever. 
But if you don't know Jesus, that's your, that's your biggest need. Um, that's our biggest need. Even if you already have Jesus, holding Jesus is your biggest need. You know, again, it's not just a on Sunday thing and then I'm good. I come back and next Sunday I'm good. It's a daily thing. So I want to encourage you. <clears throat> we're going to have the band come down. We're going to pray, have the band come down. During that time, you can come pray with me if you want or you can stand right there where you pray. I accepted the Lord, it sounds weird, in the shower. <laughs> you know? I asked Jesus into my heart when I was taking a shower after going surfing. If Jesus can save a surf bum, <clears throat> he can save anybody. Um, all you got to do is ask him into your life. Ask him to, 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 to show you things about himself. And I can tell you from experience, he's faithful. He will show you stuff. And I'm telling you, hold on to your seat because it's going to be awesome. So let's pray and uh, ask the band to come down and we'll close it out. Lord God, I just, uh, again, thank you for this morning. Um, God, I thank you for uh, all the people throughout history, God, that have uh, dedicated themselves to you. Um, God, I thank you that you are, that you would, you would send your son to die for us. God, that you saw us in such a predicament that no matter how many sacrifices we made, no matter how hard we try on our, under our own power, God, you, you, you gave us your son and you gave us your Holy Spirit to live inside of us. You have given that as a free gift if we would just ask for it and receive it. Um, God, I ask that this week and for the rest of our lives, God, that we could, that we could offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to you, holy and pleasing and, and that we can truly worship you, God. Help us to follow you instead of following the world. Help us to listen to you instead of listening to the world. God, just help us follow you. It's going to look different for all of us, God, but just help us follow you. Um, help us honor and glorify you in all the things we do, in our actions, in our speech, and everything. And, um, and God, we just love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.